0: You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing?
1: Okay. All right. It's time to get into the B2B Marketing Mindset with myself and Bill Lowell. Hi, Bill.
0: Hey, how are you doing?
1: You know, every week... We go live on LinkedIn, and we we try to educate. We share things we know, everything we know. We want to help you make better decisions. It uh, can get a little academic, I think, sometimes. And so today, I thought we would do something a little bit it different. Um, we're going to share with you some areas sometimes that we made bad decisions uh, in the, and, and just the craziness sometimes of the marketing industry and just tell some stories about You know, our our 30 years in this business and and together uh, and and apart, uh, and um, it's it's pretty crazy. We just thought it might be fun. We're just going to have some fun today. We hope you enjoy it. As usual, there's a lot more B2B Marketing Mindset at at the website. You can see that address on your screen, and uh, I encourage you to check that out. So I also want to be sure to acknowledge that we appreciate every client, all right, because we learn something from every one of them. And we don't mean to disparage them in any way. We just think some of these things are funny. Uh, most of them are definitely on us. Uh, and, uh, you know, the agency business, it, it can be very stressful. And I think creative teams, you know, you got to have a way to blow off steam. And, and we would do that. And sometimes it would turn out terribly, terribly wrong. Um, and so I thought we would, we would do that today. What do you think?
0: I, I think it'll be fun. And I've got a lot of other uh, stories where I learned something and it may not be funny, but it's just some good messages. So it should be it should be a lot of fun and I hope I hope people enjoy it. By the way, one of the things I was noticing, I love the is that a violin in the back that you've got and that the is guitar. A violin. I, think, I think you should be playing that for us sometime just for the fun of it. These stories get boring, you know, we're going to your music. That's what we're doing.
1: Okay. Well you don't want to hear the violin. Uh in fact here in Texas we call that either a tiny guitar or a fiddle. Or um, mm, yeah. But that actually is a fiddle that my dad made. Uh, wow. One of, I believe, 13 violins that he made toward the end of, end of his life. This was one of the early ones. We can tell uh-huh. because the F-holes are a little crookedy. Um, mm. But he made them in the in the very old Italian tradition and made them by hand one at a time. I think a, a violin took about eight months to make from scratch. Oh, wow. And so that's why that's there. But I don't know how to play it. My my friend from Asleep at the Wheel uh set it up for me and then gave me a nice little test drive. And, uh, Uh, we sent that to my mom. We thought that would be kind of neat.
0: That is actually beautiful. Really.
1: And she said, it's actually a pretty good sound of violin, but I, and I know he was getting top dollar for him too. So, you know, good for him. Um, yeah, I think he was probably in his late sixties when he started doing that. So there's still, there's still a chance for us. Um, yeah, so what, what do you got? What are you thinking of? I got I, I thought of a couple things, a few things. Some of them painful, painful memories. I, uh,
0: when we were preparing, I, I think I have 10 pages of stories here. So,
1: uh, <laughs> Well, it's you, only you a 40-minute start... show. I, don't, know, I don't... We're hoping that this is streaming to LinkedIn. They're having some kind of technical problem there, uh-huh. so we don't know if our LinkedIn audience is seeing us. Um, who cares? Oh, uh-huh. Apparently they are. Hey, well, this will least, turn into a
0: story. If at least not, my mom... This is going to be one of our stories today. If it's you know problem with LinkedIn. why don't you tell the first story and then uh, we can you know go back and forth or whatever you want to do. Sure, I'll
1: tell. I can tell a short, a little short story. Um, You know, back in Milwaukee. You know, I live in Austin, Texas now. The company's here in Austin, but we started in Milwaukee. Very different culture, right? This is how we dress in Milwaukee. We don't dress this way in Austin. I only dress this way because Bill does on the podcast, you know, we're walking around in sweats and t-shirts around here, but um, in Milwaukee, so Austin, big music town, right? And so, but in Milwaukee, one of the things I tried to do is I've I've played music for going on 44 years. Uh, This will be my last year of doing it. Um, And we ran the agency at the same time. And I really tried very hard to keep those two worlds separate. You know, I didn't think clients would appreciate it. I think the culture there is different where you know they look at you funny in milwaukee if you're a musician here in austin it's the opposite so they look at you funny if you're not a musician um, and so but i really tried to keep that separate and I, I don't remember the exact year but i think it was around 1996 i we won an award we won best swing hmm. best swing band in in milwaukee and so we, and we started getting publicity and we used to, we had an open invitation to go on the college radio station there. We used to play live on the radio all the time. And, um, and so we're, you know, it's, was getting out. Uh, and I actually had, uh, at least two clients call me into the office to their office. And these are big clients. I think one was Rockwell. Uh, and they said, look, man, what, what are you doing? What are you doing here? You going to go uh, do the music thing or are you going to keep the agency running or what, oh,
0: wow. you know,
1: like oh. what? what's going on? And, and I just had to tell him, I said, are you serious? Because, you know, the music industry is a great way to make tens of dollars. And so, yeah, we'll be running the agency. No problem. This is just my little hobby on the side. You know, I was also Mr. April in the Chicago blues calendar. I don't remember the year. That, that might have been ninety four or something like that. that now it was great. fully. It was just a picture performing at a giant festival. It wasn't like me reclining, you know, with a big hairy chest and underpants. Nothing like that. So, wow, <laughs> do, that is, do with what that, you will with that story.
0: That is that's a great one.
1: But you know, I, I forgot that. about the award. I was actually kind of googling that band name, which was pretty unique. And and the band huh. name has my name in it. You know, huh. back then. And yeah. uh, I was really surprised to find that, you know, there's somebody had archived all the awards from all the years. And uh-huh. and I forgot that we ha- got that award. Huh. <laughs> and also in Austin, we were voted most uniquely uh, Austin by the Austin uh, Greater Chamber of Commerce here. Okay. So,
0: so. Um, Are you sure you're not uh, just taking, instead of retiring, are you sure you're not just like Bruce Springsteen and just going to take a year off for a little bit?
1: I I don't know. You know, if you're in Austin, you're listening to this, you want to come out and see it. It's December 9th uh, at the Saxon Pub. I'm doing my last show. I have 57 musicians. Uh, They won't be playing at that show. But uh, it's been a long, amazing ride. And um, it's just, uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You guys are great, though. We have a good time i'll miss it but but yeah very different cultures in milwaukee and in austin
0: i think you should send that uh like a youtube clip to uh your client up in milwaukee when you tell them you're (laughs) you're done (laughs) enough you're ready to work with them again full time yeah there you go
1: i should do that i should do that
0: So, so i have uh you can you can pick so i have either a story of uh how i first got interested in marketing Or I have a great customer service learning experience horror story. So which one do you want to hear?
1: i got to go with the horror story.
0: All right. So I had actually a very large client, and they decided they wanted us to do customer satisfaction in-person interviews with all of their customers throughout the country. The majority of them were fast food restaurants. So, you know, Burger King in Miami. I mean, we went to everywhere. Wendy's, you know, McDonald's, et cetera, et cetera. And anyhow, they started off really good. So the, the interviews were going good. I was having a good time, giving them feedback. And then I got to one client and uh they ended up and and by the way, we're we're flying there and we're spending the night and then seeing them and then flying home. I mean, so it's a, it's an expensive adventure, but it was it was that important that, to the client.
1: That's how we did it back then.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so uh the, the one client, the second to last client that I saw tells me we're just going until the contract is up and then we're not working with them anymore because they just don't listen to us anymore, you know? So, uh, so I was like, oh, I was like, wow, you know, out of all of the other ones, which were pretty positive, here's a negative one. And so in the research business, you know, this, it's just one, you can't get carried away with that. You got to put it into its aggregate. So I go to the next one, which is a huge, huge one that everybody knows. And, uh, They make me wait in the lobby for about a half an hour, 45 minutes past the appointment time. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'm called in and they sit me down and they said, You know, I was ready to start my interview questions and blah, blah, blah. I was thinking, geez, you guys aren't offering any water or anything. They said, We're so glad you're here. We wanted you to know that we wanted your client to pay for your flight, your hotel, and everything else so that we can tell you in person. We are never doing work with them again, but they never have listened to us throughout. And we thought this would be the only way that they're going to pay attention to what you have to say. So go home and have a nice day. I was there for five minutes in the meeting and that was it. And I had to go home and tell my client. So it was a, a crazy story. I did learn a lot. I mean, but... I have to tell you, even the client they didn't want to really believe it. So it was. You know, oh, so they
1: weren't—they're going to not listen to you either. Exactly. So <laughs> there exactly. was an issue. Uh, so, that's I, that's what we call a trend. Uh, don't you think? Yeah. Wow, that's tough. You know, I those mean, in, in a way, you you do research uh, for you know you. Those are the things that you need to hear, right? I mean, you don't need to hear all the. Everybody telling you great things, how great you are. You're really looking for those things that maybe you're missing or problems. In fact, you're doing a right. survey for for us uh, that we're just starting. And so, if you're on LinkedIn, you might see a link to it. I hope you'll take the survey. Yeah, um, so. And we're just measuring. Uh, what are we measuring? Reputation. We're measuring um, perception, uh, perception, uh, awareness.
0: Uh, you, yep, your awareness yes. of your products and services, strengths.
1: Right. And, oh, and it's, it's not because we think there's a problem. It's just something that we do periodically and that we preach. We, you know, so it's, it's, we're yeah. taking our own medicine and we want to see, even, we want to measure we're how we're it. doing.
0: Yeah. I think we're even going to evaluate this podcast for you too. So there Oh, you there you go.
1: go. And I'm sure there's some people out there. They're just going to say terrible things about me and that's okay. Um, oh, no, and I often say, if you've heard good things about me, none of them are true. So, uh, yeah. there's that. Um, you know, if you remember in Milwaukee, we had a pretty good-sized office. We we yeah. had offices downtown on Water Street, and we it was an old hosiery factory from the late nineteenth uh, century, and they had rehabbed it into offices. And we had half of we were trying to remember this last night. It was either the the third floor or the fourth floor. I don't remember. We had half of it. And what was the what was the business next door? There it was uh, City Melissa and Greg Schumacher Cityscape Cityscape, I think it was an engineering firm so they had the other half and so what that meant was our office was really kind of long and narrow you know it was was big so it was plenty big enough wide but but if you looked at the proportion it it was long and narrow well we would bring uh, our two German Shepherd dogs with us to work almost every day and they were very very sweet dogs but they were also very boisterous and we had a UPS man who was an absolute jerk. I mean, this guy, he was just an asshole. Can I say that? I think I can. Uh, the FCC doesn't regulate Don't, I say They'll bleep Yeah, someone will. They, whoever they are. Uh, yeah. But this guy, he just was something else. And so the dogs picked up on that, and, and they did not like him. And so almost every single day, uh, we would—the the dogs somehow could hear him coming. And so... As soon as he would open the door, both dogs would run at a full gate, barking uh, and, and running at this guy. And he would freak out, and he was just terrified. And we'd often hear our receptionist from that front area that we had. Uh, we couldn't see up there, but we could hear her laughing. And so it became this thing where it's like we're scaring the crap out of the UPS guy, and it pretty soon he got to a point where you know he he not he, he just wouldn't he'd leave the packages outside the door, um, but but they sounded like elephants, um, and so I just thought that was pretty funny, and and because they were so sweet, I mean these they, these dogs wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah, you remember the dogs, yeah. you know, well, and they great. and the other thing they would do because it was so long and narrow is they would get the zoomies about once a day and they would just run back and forth and skid on the carpet and run back and forth and of course then we get a complaint from the people downstairs about elephants being in our office (laughs) and you know i mentioned the 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 engine the engineering firm the other thing is once in a while (laughs) they one or both of them could open the doors um and so they would sometimes get out and they would wander around the building and they would go to the engineering firm next door and they just loved them. They didn't care. They were just like, "Well, we're happy to see him." And eventually they, you know, they'd either bring him back or they we were of course very apologetic. We're like, "Oh, God, we're so sorry." And they're like, "No, we love it, you know, anytime, you know." It was really funny and and we're still friends with them to this day. Wow, that's awesome. So, you know, and
0: and dogs, boy, they just have an ability, don't they, to pick up on on good people or people that disturb them i mean it's it's and it's really uncanny
1: you know most pe- most people that came in and out and there were people coming in and it. out all day long they didn't even oh. notice they didn't even care they hated yeah. the ups guy you know yeah. uh if i was a dog i probably would have chased him out too yeah you know yeah,
0: those dogs are beautiful so <laughs> they and were great we still have them now but yeah
1: no they're uh, long gone we have different one now but yeah, he's not you, up here. He's he's like screw you guys. I'm I'm laying on the couch. That's it. Yeah. Uh, he also so hates I, the delivery people. I don't know. Uh oh. Uh oh.
0: Uh oh. <laughs> sometimes it's just if they wear a hat too. Sometimes I don't know why, but dogs don't like you know sometimes when people wear hats. So you know, does your UPS guy down there wear like a cowboy hat or something? <laughs> ah no. <laughs> maybe,
1: that's, maybe that's it. So kind of, nah,
0: kind of
1: crazy. He, well,
0: I've got I've got a few more stories. Actually, I have hundreds of stories, but I'll give you I'll give you another one. So. We did, uh, we were doing some of the research for an architectural firm that was actually designing uh, the Marquette Dental School, and so, and we worked with a lot of different people on that, like, you know, professors, practicing dentists, dental students, you name it. It was was a a wonderful study. We had a lot of fun with it, really a lot of fun, but the president of the American Dental Association at the time was really a nice guy. And he was in, he was heavily involved in this as well. So we were doing focus groups with everybody, trying to figure out what would be ideal for the building. And it, it was, like I said, a really fun project. And by the way, I don't know if you've ever seen the Marquette Dental School, but it is absolutely beautiful.
1: Apparently a premier, one of the premier yeah. dental schools in the country.
0: It, it really is. And, and by the way, they were also looking at outside clinics and everything. And so we did we did a lot of research. But the, the funny story about this is all of this work I did, you know, and we worked, like I said, with the president of the ADA, like fast forward now, like 10 years later. So I go to a party with my wife and uh, who's at the party, but my wife's uh, sister, it was at their house uh, and her new boyfriend. Who do you think the new boyfriend is? The guy who was the president of the ADA. And uh, they ended up getting married. I mean, it was like, talk about a small. <laughs> wow. Birth,
1: you know? Yeah.
0: But actually, I have two brother-in-laws on her side of the family. Now, one, was that, one is that gentleman. And I have another one that was a client too, that we walked in one day and were surprised that the other sister was dating him. So it's like, you know, Holy small cow. world. So, you know, so you gotta- Who so knew dentistry the moral, was the so- moral of the story?
1: <laughs> dentists are so popular with the ladies.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who knew? Exa- I didn't exactly. know. I Actually, didn't know. I, should, I should correct myself. He was an oral surgeon, but uh, otherwise he'll get mad at me for saying he's a dentist, but- <laughs> Um, but isn't that ironic? So today, when we get together for family functions, I've got two clients that are actually always at the family functions. Kind of funny, you know?
1: Wow, that's pretty, that's cool, though. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, there's there yeah. are clients that become like family, you know? Yeah. Uh, and no client lasts forever, so it's kind of, kind of, I think it's really cool when, you know, we have this with, uh, our client was with uh, Tap Pharmaceuticals, part of Abbott Labs. I,
0: re- I remember that. I remember Rick, that.
1: Still a great friend to this day. Uh, we performed at his wedding. It was that's a whole funny story unto its its own crazy story, but it was really funny because uh, he was a really funny guy. But yeah, it's it's actually great. There's a number of people who were clients. Um, I'm thinking of some of the folks at Camtronics, Quest Technologies. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned the Kletchkas earlier, uh, yeah, the Kle- yeah. Kletchka Funeral Home Empire, Press- the Buchanan right. Empire. Professor
0: um, Kletchka, they were great people.
1: Yeah, because we used to do uh, f- uh, marketing for funeral homes before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, um, And I actually did the keynote. Three years in a row for the National Funeral Directors Association because I was one of the top marketers for the funereal industry, now called the death care industry, uh, for a number of years because my partner Bruce and I, Bruce Buchanan, if you're out there, still love you, um, we spun off a separate company that did nothing but that. And then I, I think... If I remember right, you know, the, the, the conglomerate started buying up all the funeral homes. And and Jerry uh, Kletchka and his family, they, I, b- I believe they're still independent. I don't know that for sure, but they really I, held I, out.
0: I believe they are. And I believe, I'm not sure, but I think Jay, one of the sons, I think Jay? he's like president of the, the the association now. So it's like. Well, they are fantastic. To running the, oh, just you know, a wonderful
1: family. Uh, and a shout out to them. We'll, I'll, I'll send them a link, but the. Uh, Well, my grandmother died. I was first on the scene and we called the funeral home that they, they preferred. And we were standing around waiting and waiting and waiting. And I had no experience with this other than just working in the, in the industry. And so who'd I call? I called Jerry Clutch and I said, Jerry, what is this normal? What's going on? We've been waiting an hour and nobody's here. Jerry said, I will have someone there in the next five minutes. Wow. And they were, they were there. And so that's the kind of that's the kind of people they were. So we love that. That's awesome. Uh, They
0: they were great people. I have to tell you a little bit. I mean, this sounds weird, but like when you're young, you know, and and they showed us, you know, we're all remember, they showed us all the facility. I was like, oh, I was really nervous going in. I was like, can I handle this? You know what I mean? Can I even do a research study with, you know, it was fine. But it was like, I was still a little freaked out walking in. But they're such wonderful people that uh, they made it easy. And you know, remember we did we did the uh, a customer study for them yes. uh, with you. And boy, they got such great remarks. People love them.
1: Yeah, we learned a lot from that actually, and it, it really drove the strategy. And and we really, it, they they really benefited and a lot of the funeral homes. Uh, and I mentioned the Buchanan family down in Indianapolis. They've become an absolute empire. They own the funeral homes, cemeteries, flower shops. Uh, uh, wow. Uh, casket companies, uh, they own all of that. And uh, wow. I think they're the largest family-owned funeral business uh, still in the country. So um, just amazing folks. I, I miss those days a lot. But, uh, you know, so we've been doing this for 30 years. And so that's, you know, its we're, we're reminiscing a little bit, but we have some funny yeah. things. Um, this one, let's just say um, the most well-known motorcycle manufacturer in the country, who shall remain nameless. Uh, we helped them launch one of their new radical, radical new design for them back in the 90s. Mm. And, and we were an inter- integral part of that product launch uh, on a global uh, scale. And so and this was in the early days of multimedia. It was a really difficult project. Um, and we had to push the technology very, very far. Um, many different languages, you know, all kinds of things. And of course, it had to fit on a CD-ROM uh, back then. And, and, and so this. it was very, very challenging. And um, so we got this done and, and we put a lot of extra work, extra time into it. And we had the post, you know, project client meeting and, and the client was uh, the, over the moon. They were like, this is the best work that we've had. This is the best experience we've had with any agency. And we were like, wow, this is this is fantastic, you know. Uh, and the next thing out of her mouth was, you're going to have to lower the price so it's too expensive. And I, I said, I don't understand. I, I said we actually lost our shirt on this project uh, because we had to put in so much additional work. Um, and at that time, I don't think there was really anybody else in Milwaukee that could have technically pulled that off. Uh, maybe Northwoods. Um, I don't. I think we were probably it for that type of work. I, I don't want to be too specific, but. And I said, well, why? Wh- why would you say that? She said, look. Here's the thing. There is a line of agencies out the door wanting to work with us. All right. So we just don't have to pay it. And I'm a young guy. I'm like in my mid to late 30s. You know, I, it was my first business I've owned. Um, my answer was, well, I think you should probably go work with one of those other agencies. Have a great day. If something changes. Let us know. Boom. I was out of there. Never saw any work from them again. I, that's
0: but isn't well, that something you know I, but i give you a lot of credit i bet you they did too by the way you know what i mean i bet you they thought
1: wow those people i think they, they were surprised that, actually yes. i think they because I think like, they thought who's, they had who's us over a say barrel. No?
0: that's right who's gonna say no to them like they said they thought they had a kingdom
1: you know i think it was a gamble on their part uh yeah. or they or, or you know maybe there was a line of agencies i mean it was a very very desirable account and back in those days, we were taking accounts from all the big agencies. I don't think we were that popular with some of the big agencies there. Um, oh, but it was just, just, I always yeah, believe that you can't steal an account. You can only lose an account. All right. Yeah. If you're not providing enough value, right. you're going to lose Thanks. the account. Just because another agency picks that up, it doesn't mean they stole it from you. It means you lost it. Right. Right. And so, yeah. you know, thank very thankful for all of those clients that taught us a lot of lessons. Uh, and that was a it was a big lesson. Uh, and, and I think what is the lesson there? I mean, the lesson is it can't be cheap enough. There's no if, if the client has has this type of mindset, there's no bottom to that well. And yeah. so we learned that sometimes it's better to walk away. It doesn't matter how prestigious, right? It just doesn't. We matter. talked about it was bad. We talked, about this, we
0: talked about this last week and sometimes it will come back to you, but you know, sometimes I hate to say it, but some of those larger accounts sometimes they want to have you sell your soul. You know what I mean? I, I've seen it where it's like, they okay, ne- and then what happens if you cut your pricing? And then what happens next year? Or the year? I mean, it's like you know, it just it's an endless game. It is.
1: Well, we we did lose a, a lot of money on that project. We and you know we 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 have the uh, you know the the right to show the project and talk about the project and show the that we had the client, but um, yeah yeah, man, it was, that was a tough lesson right there. So what do you got? I've,
0: got? I've got so many stories. So I'll tell a funny story and then I'll kind of tell a, a valuable lesson one. How does that sound? Or sure. you, know, you tell me which one you want me to tell you. But um cool. the, the one I was, we, we really have done a lot of unique studies in our life, which is really kind of cool. But one of them was working with an organization where it was for the Society of Automotive Engineers, which is just a huge association, and they had us do uh, a national study with uh, all design engineers for the automotive industry and then manufacturing plant floor, and it was just it was such a a neat study. And their goal was, and it's it's been published, so I, that's why I'm mentioning their name. It's been published many times, but but their goal was, um, let's what what can the design engineers or what can we do to facilitate better communication, to be able to have that understanding between when the designs get done and it gets to the shop floor. And, you know, and it's just, we were kind of like the go-between to try to talk to both ends, to see what can we do to make this more effective. And and it was, we were fortunate enough to work with almost all of the major automotive manufacturers. So I'm talking everybody, you know, and I have to tell you the the funny story that I was going to say about this is we went down uh, to the Toyota plant And I remember I had one of my staff members with me and I was warning her, I said, I just want you to know, we are unbiased. They're gonna tell you so much stuff that is gonna be, you know, blah, blah, blah stuff that's gonna toot their own horns. You know, you gotta be unbiased. So just do whatever you can, just take the facts and that's what we're gonna report back. Okay, so we both went in, knowing they were gonna try to brainwash us, et cetera, et cetera. Both of us walked out of that all-day session, and we both said, "Wow, that Toyota company is so great. I think we'd like to go work with them." <laughs> it worked <laughs> so on you. We were we were both brainwashed. It was just terrible. You know? It was just terrible. So, but it, oh, was, that's it was awesome. Funny we laugh about it, you know, for years now. It's just it was hilarious. But it was so it was so enjoyable that study, you
1: know. I, I just like your pronunciation of a ty- Toyota.
0: Oh yeah, Toyota.
1: Toyota. <laughs> yeah yeah. uh but that's the that's the midwest right i'm sure that's that's how i pronounce it too i have a toyota so i uh oh yeah i I got a forerunner it's awesome that thing will it'll go anywhere uh yeah whether it likes it or not um but uh so you have another one real quick
0: sure i have i have another one this one's more of a learning experience well it depends um uh, are we wrapping up or, or no? Not, we have a little I had... time.
1: I mean, we're okay. we're just navel gazing. It's all right. Uh, do... I'll
0: tell this other story just because I think it might be good for our uh, listeners to kind of. It's a. I think it's just a lesson to be learned. But I I once worked with a company um, and it was a real large association and we did a study that was not done before. And after we did it, the guy who hired us said, "I want to go and make a a national presentation in New York. Would you come with me?" And so I said. Sure. So it's like, okay, so we're going to New York to present what we did. And uh, at the, at the conference, uh, another person walked up from another association and said, would you like to work in Pennsylvania? And I said, sure. And then from there we did something and then somebody else came and said, would you like to work in California? And the, the point of the matter is that one study and that presentation turned into about 20 different clients wow. in my in my career. And so you know i guess the moral of that story is you know what i would say is try to say yes as many times as you want because sometimes you just don't feel like it i mean but uh it turned out to the positive just a lot of people you'll meet along the way you know especially if you do a good job so it was well, a fun ab- story
1: absolutely and and you know, the trade show industry has really gone down uh, now, and it's—I think—the yeah. landscape's so different. But we have things like this podcast, uh, yeah. and yeah. so you know, it's it get it—we get exposed to a lot of people, um, and hopefully, you learn something from us. Uh, we do this every single week, Thursday, eleven o'clock central. It's on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's on every major podcast platform. Everywhere fine podcasts are consumed, um, and we really—I mean—today we're just having some fun with you, but yeah. we're always covering stuff you can use things you can implement you don't need to hire us to do it we just want you to be knowledgeable uh and also knowledgeable enough to choose the right partners so that you don't get taken to the cleaners um i wanted to mention and i don't know if you remember this but we spent an enormous amount of time we came up with the story of of, we used the three pigs and we did a, a nouveau three pigs i'll put a link i'll put actually put a link uh in the comments so you can wow. you can check out that video, um, but we did this animation, and it was cell it was it was frame by frame cell animation. You know, not like Space Ghost where just the head moves or something. It was every frame, and we had a very talented we had a couple of really talented animators. We had uh, original music on it. Um, we wrote this whole story about the three little pigs were trying to buy a website. And so each little pig tried a different thing. And finally, the last little pig chose us. At the time, we had a partner company. um, And of course, you know, they lived happily ever after. But we put a lot of time and energy into that. We were going to send them out in little boxes. We put them on these little mini CD-ROM. And it was just a, it wasn't a video at the time. It was a little interactive player. Because we used to create a lot of these little interactive programs. You know, we had one drinking game. Or you were in a bar and you were ordering drinks and every drink you would get drunker and drunker there was a scale that went from sober to boris yeltsin and when you got to mm-hmm. boris yeltsin you would pass out and see the ceiling and you know you could interact with the people and this is in the very earliest days of macromedia and so it was very sophisticated programming behind these but so the little pigs was more of a linear sort of story and um so we we're gonna put in these little boxes and we put a little straw in there a little hay and you know, to pigs, and and we were going to send these out as a 3D mailer to our list of targets, and and try to get more web development business. And this is in the early days of you know, this is in the early '90s. Um, and what happened was the, the the first anthrax scare. Do you remember this? Oh, Where oh, so anthrax was sent yes. to some congress people or something. You know, now it's like every other day. So I mean, uh, but uh, that uh, back then it was novel we ended up not being able to use it
0: oh that is that's just doesn't that hurt
1: yeah it does but but i remember uh doing all the sound effects uh in in our little recording studio that we had in the in the office there and and uh we brought in a fiddle player named uh ketchum uh i don't remember his first name and and he just literally watched it on a screen and improvised the whole music track and it's just yeah. a brilliant little piece and I did I did put a link. I hope you'll go check it out. Um so much fun. Uh the three little pigs try to buy a website. So and it, and it pretty much makes fun of everyone in that. <laughs> wow. That, so, sounds, that sounds expensive like a fun thing to do, but
0: problem. How sad, how sad. yeah. But I, re- I I remember that like yesterday with like you said the anthrax scare,
1: you know. So You know, it, it there were a lot of creative products that we we, we were just busting yeah. with ideas all the time because we had such a great creative team. We had 23 people. I would say about half of them were the creative team. And so there were just so many ideas. And, and there were so many cool things that we made that I, I don't think they got enough play. You know, little games. Uh, you know, remember the little pop-up game where you hit the thing and a little dice oh, yeah. Wh- jumps? yeah.
0: Wackadoodle? Was it Something or? like
1: that. It was like a little plastic dome. Okay. And and Michael, our our art director and animator... He created an electronic animated one. You click it oh. and it would make the sound and the dice would go and it was all randomized and it would say so like was, goofy stuff. It was really fun. So he was ahead
0: of his time because oh. now with game development, I mean he would be like on that was you guys were cutting edge with regard to that.
1: You know, in, in a lot of ways we were. And and it was the strength of our team really. It was people that I was teaching at UWM. And, you know, I would pick the cream of the crop from some of those classes. And we would bring them on. And it was a great symbiotic relationship where they brought amazing talent and skill. And, and we helped them, uh, you know, learn how to operate in an agency environment. But these guys would code. They were animators. They were designers. And so it, it was remarkable to see what they would come up with. And yeah. it was hard not to fund those projects because they were just a blast. I mean, I wish I could find the little bar drinking game is so funny. You'd click on people as they were walking by and the drunker you were, the more hostile the people would get towards you. You know, so when you were sober, everybody's friendly and you'd you know, so you're clicking on them as they'd walk by. (laughs) And then the drunker you got, you know, the more hostile the people would get and then pretty soon you'd pass out and then the game would start over.
0: (laughs) I should share that concept with the because UW Whitewater where I've taught for many years, they have a fabulous uh, media arts and game development uh department and program i mean they just are the cutting edge but that would be a fun game to to create maybe we can have them talk to you and you can get some royalties on that idea yeah you know, you know? we'll see
1: if i can find it and, and i don't think it'll run on anything modern you know maybe it'll run on that machine yeah. back there i, I have no, no they'd idea have to
0: recreate it they'd, maybe they'd have to recreate yeah. it but i think it's a it's a, it's a fun concept
1: it know? was fun so, it was very yeah. fun
0: I, I can share uh, uh another story real quick just uh, for all of the listeners Are you familiar, like when you go to Starbucks or you go to uh, any McDonald's and at the bottom of any kind of paper cup, uh, it will always say made from, and then it will give you a percentage of recycled paper products. I don't know if you know this, but I think, and in fact, I think Starbucks is up to like 10% now or whatever the case is. But uh, we were lucky enough, the, the company, the paper company that had an FDA patent on this for using recycled material was, um, was our client. And they came to us and they said, we need you to go out and try to find companies that would be willing and able to use recycled paper products. So it's like (laughs) something's done, they recycle it, they're going to make new products. And so we did, we did all the research, including getting to Starbucks and other people to see what's the level of acceptability with that. But I have to tell you, you know, we were thinking no one's gonna no one's gonna like that because oh think about using recycled paper you know well <laughs> so I'm not the only line, one thinking
1: toilet paper <laughs>
0: exactly. I mean by the way that's part of it that is part of it you know and so uh, oh so they they did it but you know people were open for it they really they really were in all the environmental movement but but I have to say three years before that actually came to fruition we all, we knew about it. Our, our firm knew about it. And so it would be kind of fun because my wife and I'd walk into Starbucks and, you know, kind of, we see your cups, you know? So, but all of that, and now you can look at just about every fast food place has recycled mm-hmm. products, but it was, that was a, that was a fun project, but it was one where you couldn't say a thing, you know, you couldn't say Oh, well, about it.
1: I'd like to formally apologize to Starbucks for my comments. Uh, you know, no, I'm, you know, I, I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't drink coffee, which is a very strange thing. Isn't that weird? That's, I don't drink no, alcohol. Probably- I don't drink coffee. Wow, that's you know, great! I uh, I only drink uh, kelp. No, I don't drink that either. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah. no. Let me think here.
0: Give me another story. before I got this is
1: kind of a horror story, and it was it was very bewildering. Um, okay. We engaged with a client, and that client. Knew that they needed a marketing plan. They agreed they needed a marketing plan. We happen to do marketing plans. And we walked them through the process. We made a deck for them. Um, you know, we're not a boilerplate kind of place. So, I mean, we, everything's custom for every single client. So we put a lot of effort into making sure they understood what the process looked like. And it was customized for them and, and um, walked them through that. And then, of course, we have our service level agreement, which spells out the deliverables. And, again, the process and what's going to happen. And we walked them through that in person. And everything's great. Everything's fine. Uh, totally understands. And so we get in the first part of it, which is a discovery meeting, right? We're asking questions. We're learning about the business, the details. And I would say 15 minutes into this meeting, the, the owner says, well, I sure hope we get a website out of this. <laughs> you should have said, Website, yeah, not too. part of the deal. What are you, Kevin? I mean, where did that even come from? Like, we never even, wasn't even mentioned. Yeah. Wow. And I, I still don't know what the takeaway is from that. Like, I, I don't feel like we could have done anything differently, yeah. but it was an it was a huge disconnect. And I and I noticed it right away and we kept going with the discovery, but it did derail the entire thing. Now we did end up building them this is very rare for us to do. Their website was in such terrible condition that it was absolutely okay for us to end one contract. We're gonna we're gonna not do a plan right now. We we'll can come back to it later. But we it's hard to it's hard to say no to redoing the website even at this stage because it's it's just killing your business it was just so yeah. it was, they're an e-commerce business and it was just terrible and so we thought it would be okay to kind of shift gears um, but I still don't really understand how it happened you know well, I hope we get a website out of this That's yeah, like, so, it's like well, it's like shopping for houses and you're like well I hope I get a Mercedes out of this
0: <laughs> yeah it's gonna be one in the garage. <laughs>
1: maybe it's yeah maybe it comes with the house i don't know
0: well i think uh, you asked what's the learning lesson the moral of the story is there every other time now when you walked into a new client and they were you were going to go through the discovery process you have to say now are you expecting a website <laughs> you know, so right. set, set the expectations right away you it know? could be so.
1: anything under the sun honestly um and and it's just part i think of of the business uh you know clients hire us they because they don't have a, a good understanding um, they trust us to help them solve their problems. And I think sometimes they have selective memories. Uh, sometimes maybe they say that they understand, but they really don't. I mean, I, I really, it's one that I don't have a good answer for it. Um, we looked very hard at ourselves, and, and it, was there something we missed? Were we not clear? Uh, we were really, really clear. Um, you know, but ultimately, we, we did. The right thing for them and and it worked out okay but uh very confusing um one of the many confusing situations over the years but um i thought that was can pretty I, wild
0: can i share my story of how i only you have to I ask me
1: it's your show you
0: know, I, you know what you know what's sad is a bunch of people watch it, they go oh these guys are just a bunch of old codgers they're just sitting here telling Urgh. stories but we've got thousands of them but <laughs> I wanted to tell the story because if my family's watching this they wouldn't forgive me if I didn't tell this story but uh, this is this is the story of actually how I got into the marketing business in the first place. So when I was a kid, uh, my dad used to love to take us down and uh, or order from there was an on, there was a catalog online uh, catalog that came from the mail from a place called Sheldon Court. It was like a, we call it a Chatsky place or, you know what I mean, or, you know, like advertising agencies might sell it as I forgot, you know, the, the little added trinkets or whatever you give away. Oh, sure.
1: Know? Yeah. The little, uh, say, uh, uh there's a term for I it. See. I'm blanking on it now too. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, trinkets yeah, and trash I, I, was an old yeah,
0: term, not a very good term. We'll come up. We'll come up with it. Promotional, promotional items, promotional you know? items. There so you That's, go. that's kind of what they, that's what they did. And, and this was Sheldon court. And so anyhow, long story longer, you, you would call them up because they had, they have a catalog. You'd, you'd call them up and this guy was the master of perception and marketing. I mean, it was it was interesting. and so he would you'd would call them up and he'd say, you know, they'd say Sheldon Card and then you would try to say, okay, you might ask a question about a product or you try to already he'd <laughs> say, I'm busy. Don't you guys, if you don't get your act together, you can't order from me. And then he'd hang up and then you'd go, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. And then you'd call back and you'd be like real tentative. And then you go, okay, I want this and you know, and then, and then he would start yelling at you, you know, and he would yell at you. I am so busy. I don't have time for this kind of stuff. You know, and and he gave you the perception that he was out of control, busy, that your, your call was just, you know, he was doing you a favor. Anyhow, so fast forward. So one day, one day, my dad and I, we were, we were in Chicago and we he says to me and, and by the way I'm like seven or eight years old just so you know I he says let's stop in at Sheldon Court and just kind of look around we've never been there in person so sure enough so we walk into Sheldon Court I remember I think it was on Devon Street Runham right? and uh we walk in and Sheldon's on the phone screaming same things I'm busy you know God you're you're wasting my time and he's he's doing the whole shenanigans okay there wasn't there wasn't a soul in the place. <laughs> it was like it was all yeah. all theatrics, you know. So I was he like, scared them all off. No, 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 no. This was his this was his this this his stick. I i they don't know if I speech. can recommend that.
1: Uh oh, no no that's no, no, hilarious. No, no,
0: no. It, it, we just we were like my dad and I walked out just like kind of freaked out like wow. <laughs> it's like it was <laughs> it was just a hilarious story. But you know it's he it was a master of perception, that's for sure. You know, you know
1: it it reminds me of uh it reminds me of, we'll, we'll take it out with this. We won't we won't really have any final thoughts today because uh, I don't know no. if we've had any uh, thoughts at all. Regular thoughts. Um, no regular thoughts. No regular uh, thoughts but it reminds me of a, a restaurant we went to in Memphis. Um, my wife was pregnant with my son. And, and so this was, you know, it was quite a while ago. And, um, well, 23 years ago. And uh, it was this barbecue restaurant. And the funny thing is, the thing that their shtick there was to berate and scream at the customers and swear like sailors. Yeah. So you and then the people so behind the counter, they're just swearing at you and yelling at you and, and, and just degrading you. And then you'd have some of the customers were were regulars, right? So they were in on it, and so they were screaming back at them, and <laughs> and it was the F word, and it was just on and on and on. It was just unbelievable. And so we we were totally, you know, like many new people there, and that was the idea. We were like, what in the hell is going on? Best barbecue, best barbecue, amazing barbecue. Wow. Wow. And we did figure out it was kind of a shtick, but oh my gosh, it was just it was very shocking. <laughs>
0: Isn't that, isn't that funny a place where people yell at you that people it's attracting people so, and you know. it attracts
1: people yeah i uh i don't know i don't think i want to try it but no. but anyway uh great stories we have so many of them maybe we'll do this again sometime next week we'll be back to our regular programming where hopefully we will be able to share some knowledge with you that'll help you make a better decision improve your marketing maybe help you avoid uh, some of the shenanigans uh, that uh, happened in the business. That you know, we've maybe been a part of some of those shenanigans uh, in the past. But um, but I appreciate, it, man. It's good to see you as um, always.
0: You as well. So and uh, thank you so much. And hopefully. People tolerated our stories, you know?
1: That's right. And you know, I want to remind everybody, if you're listening to this on audio only, you go to b2bmarketingmindset.com and there is video. We do use visual aids sometimes. We'll try to describe them for the listeners. But, uh, you know, the podcast is audio. But if you do want to see the video, you can go there. You can subscribe there. You can subscribe Spotify, iTunes, uh, uh, iHeartRadio, all over the place. So until we meet again, sir. Over and out. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing, and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.